Gunnar Dethridge, fashion designer, stylist, set designer, costume designer. Originally known for his work on Project Runway and Project Runway All-Stars. He's dressed people like Lady Gaga, Matthew Broderick, Allison Janney, and Jesse J, just to name a few. Gunner is the art director, decorator, and draper for Nomad Art and Design in LA, who've designed and built the sets for artists like Ariana Grande, Katy Perry, Halsey, Sierra, Tyga, 2 Chains, Sia, and more. So I've, I've made clothing for years. I mean, yes, I do have the Project Runway background, but like where I grew up, we didn't have a lot. You know, we we were from very humble beginnings. I grew up in a very small town in Southern Indiana and we had one little fabric store in town and even they were like too expensive for us. So we would like kind of shop the Walmart bins or Goodwill, Thrift, and, and we were just really crafty people. And I feel like so much of that upbringing has carried over into my like daily life now, which I think is cool. And so, you know, obviously I've, I did project runway and I was working music videos, but then the pandemic happened. And as you can tell from my bio, I don't like to sit still. You are listening to Remarkable Voices, conversations on culture, creativity, and big ideas with your host, Meredith J. Flanagan. Tonight, we welcome the fantastic Gunnar Deathridge. Gunnar, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So excited we could finally do this time is not of the essence these days so whenever i have a moment to sit down and chat i try to take it in and enjoy it yeah you have been super busy it's kind of crazy i feel like the year when everyone stood still is the year that i decided to run a marathon on four different platforms (laughs) yeah and you even have a podcast now yeah, just I'm not afraid to start things. It's just having to follow through with them that's the hard part, right? <laughs> yeah, for all artists, right? I Completely. mean And what is the podcast about? It's it's for artists, right? Yeah, so my podcast is called What's Your Medium and it I basically interview uh artists that inspire me, people that I know that I think are making an impact in the art world. And it's not just sewing, which is why I wanted to call it What's Your Medium? Because it's nice to kind of explore somebody else's point of view and their craft. I love it. I cannot wait to listen to it. I just found out about it today. I'm I'm kind of embarrassed to say. Oh but- my gosh, don't. Well, you know, I've not been promoting it or posting as much because I've been working on some like other really huge things. But I do have some <laughs> really cool people lined up that I want to talk to. So you, there will be plenty of time for you to indulge. Okay, good. I cannot wait. Okay. So first of all, I absolutely want to talk about these incredible designs, these dresses you make. First of all, you made Carrie Bradshaw's wedding dress from the Sex and the City movie for like $10. Well, that one was not for $10, but I did make that dress. That dress was honestly like kind of like a bucket list thing I wanted to try to recreate because I just mm. loved that dress in the movie so much, but 
It's a very polarizing dress for people I found once I posted it. People really adored that dress or absolutely loathed that dress in the movie. Wow. Interesting. Why do they hate it? I mean, I don't, I think that some people just have such a specific idea of what a wedding dress has to be in their head. And then when they see something that kind of challenges that conventional way of thinking, some people don't always respond the best to it. But I mean, that's also just fashion, right? It's so subjective. Oh God. Yeah, totally. Well, some people have such an idea of what a wedding should be or what a marriage should be, right? I mean, totally. Everyone's a critic. <laughs> That's my theme for today. Everyone's a critic. Oh my God. Talk about. Mm-hmm. That's no joke. I mean, that is that is deep. Uh <laughs> in more ways than one. Okay. So, but but this thing you do, it's so you're so impeccable with your eyes and your sewing technique, the amount of time you get it done, the little to no budget. Tell me about this process. So I've, I've made clothing for years. I mean, yes, I do have the project runway background, but like where I grew up, we didn't have a lot. You know, we, we were from very humble beginnings. I grew up in a very small town in Southern Indiana and we had one little fabric store in town and even they were like too expensive for us. So we would like kind of shop the Walmart bins or Goodwill thrift and, and we were just really crafty people. And I feel like so much of that upbringing has carried over into my like daily life now, which I think is cool. And so, you know, obviously I've, I did Project Runway and I was working music videos, but then the pandemic happened. And as you can tell from my bio, I don't like to sit still. So I was like, well, I haven't had time to sew in almost two years because I've been working art directing and decorating. And I started to sew. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll share the process a little bit. I was very apprehensive too. For some reason it felt foreign to me to try to show people the behind the scenes and not just the finished product. And I was truly, I, I mean, just flabbergasted at the response that I got. And mm. I mean, I went from, I've, I have not even been on TikTok a full year and my full year is I think on April 27th. So in like two weeks, and I think I'll be probably close if not hit 2 million followers at that point. And it's crazy because like what I've realized is that there are that many people that want to see that behind the scenes that want to feel inspired that they can do it. And I think that's what I like so much about what I'm doing right now is like, it is uh, entertaining, but it's also educational and it's opening a lot of doors for me to be able to share that knowledge and gift. Well, and I think it's also very ASMR too, Mm -hmm. right? It's, Mm -hmm. I mean, you have a very pleasing voice your nails always look great. The rings, like I <laughs> I am very interested in the sewing technique, how you use such a little budget, how your process is so clean. You have such a dedicated process, but it's always a, it's also about the soothing aspect mm-hmm. to me as well. Like the sounds and the colors and the fabrics. I mean, I'm a I I'm really love the sensation of fabric in general, right? And so, and the sounds of the machine clicking and the steam hitting, and those are the things that I hear all day. And so I guess it never really occurred to me that it was ASMR until people started asking me to make ASMR videos of it. Oh gosh. And it makes, it does make sense. And as a creator, I'm very detail oriented. So like you said, the nails and my rings and 
the lighting, if you notice, it's always kind of dynamic, or at least I try to make it dynamic. And uh, I, I do, it is this kind of like pleasant little, it's almost like a little treat you get throughout the day, like palette cleanser from all the drama on TikTok, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how you talked about your humble beginnings. How old were you when you learned how to sew, Gunner? I started sewing with my grandmother when I was in probably third or fourth grade doing some small stuff. And I think I started really actively sewing. I was in 4-H and I was competed in their sewing categories. So I guess that was probably seventh or eighth grade. I started to really sew and it never really stopped. It just kind of became more prevalent in my life until it actually took over. And were you into it immediately or was it just kind of like, oh, I, I can do this. I'm good at this. Uh, I liked doing it. I liked the idea of making something from nothing. And I think it really started to love it when my younger cousin was born. Cause it was really just me and my brother. And then I finally, there was a girl in the family. And so when she was like three or four, I would make her costumes cause she would come to our show choir uh, concerts and she would see that we would have costume changes and like a big production and choreography. And so we would kind of emulate those little shows at home. And it was a good opportunity for me to start making her costumes. Oh. And so I would kind of have to figure out how do we get her in this? Is there a quick change in this? Like what are the shapes to make this? So it, it's all been this like weird kind of trial and error uh, journey for me to get where I'm at today. And how did the people around you respond to your new interest? Well, like I, I said, I come from a pretty cool family. I, I yeah. was thankfully never met with resistance on being gay. And it was the one thing that people probably thought I would be met with resistance with from my family, but it wasn't. And I mean, my grandfather is a very, very crafty person. He's such a doer, but he's also a carpenter and... He's like Mr. Fix-It. So if it's around, he can do it. My grandmother was crafty. We would just spend our days in their craft room and the wood shop. Uh, my mom would let me redecorate our, our, she would give me a room and like, we would redecorate the whole entire room, whatever I said. My bedroom was always changing my life. Wow. You know? So I just, I feel like I, they knew that I was probably going to struggle outside of the home. And so I feel like they equipped me with tools to help me cope without realizing that's what they were doing. And that's pretty special. Oh my gosh. I mean, they gave you such an enormous skill set, Gunner. Completely. And then nurtured the ones that they didn't know how to give me, which I think is also very special. What a gift. Yeah. I mean, I the more that I think about it like as an adult and like as I kind of navigate the world that I'm in right now, the more thankful for it I am. Um like I said, the pandemic was just like such a, a stopping point for everything. And then um, I actually lost my grandmother to COVID on Christmas oh. this year, which was like really devastating. And so I've kind of been like working through that, like really kind of giving myself the time to like exist and like kind of like work my way through this like mourning process. But like in the midst of all of this, like I just like realize how thankful I am because they really set me up for like ultimate success and then followed it through with the nurturing it took to get me to this point. I'm just like, how thankful, like what a gift. Like I've been given something that most people wouldn't dream of. Oh my gosh. I just got the chills Gunner. Um, I mean, she was such a major influence on you. 
Oh yeah. I mean, she was like my best friend too. I would call her to probably two or three times a day. So, I mean, for years. So we, yeah, it's definitely been really difficult navigating that, but it's just interesting too, how when you lose somebody that's that influential in your life, how much you realize they, they were such a big part of it. They influenced every little aspect of it. So yes. one thing she was very adamant on was, um, she just always wanted me to like be a good person above all and like give back. And like, she would always, you know, you know, push me to like give more and like help young kids take the time to answer emails and questions, even if you don't have the time kind of thing. So I've really, uh, I've been working on the back end on some cool things that are going to really allow me to give back in a really cool way. So I'm excited to, when that comes out, I'm excited to announce that as well. Oh, that's wonderful. So you're even carrying her message now. Yeah, I feel like it's more important than ever, especially because she can't. So I'm kind of pushing to, to do that even more. Wow. Wow. Um, so looking at your set design, how did you get involved with John and Leah of Nomad Crew? Uh, well, their friend Zachary uh, Scubis, who works also on the team with him and also on his own team, he bought clothing from me from when I was on Project Runway. And when I moved out here, he was like, hey, I think you'd be really good at our department. Would you be interested in doing it? And I really didn't know what that meant. And when I moved out here, I just kind of jumped into it. And the first job I did with Zach was on a 21 pilots job. And it was fun. It was just a lot of shopping and like Halloween decor. And then he brought me on my next job, my second ever job working art department. He was like, okay, cool. We're going to do Ariana Grande's thank you next with nomad now. (laughs) Um, and like it, that was, that was kind of it, honestly. Like it was a avalanche, a great creative avalanche to hop on because we just did this run of gigs for two years with them. And it was so cool. They are truly the most like hardworking, inspiring, creative, boundary pushing people that I know. If they don't know something, they'll figure out how to do it and they'll find someone to help them do it. And it's just when I'm around them, I feel like I'm a more creative person, which is super cool to be, have that kind of person in your life. What a compliment. Yeah. I mean, if you watch their work, it's just, it's next to none. I mean, the names that they're working with are really cool. Like it Mm -hmm. does sound cool to say Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber and whatever. Right. But like when you actually look at the substance and then if people only knew how fast these things happened, you know, we shoot it all in one day and we prep it in like three or four days usually. Like they're creating actual magic out of nothing. And that is, it's so cool. It is, it is very cool. And it's even cooler to be a part of. So tell me a little bit more about that process. So you shoot it all in one day, you cut it up in three days. Yeah. I mean, okay. So usually we'll get like a treatment, which is like a, a mood board. Sometimes it's a week before, sometimes it's, you've got a little bit of time to kind of prep it out. But for the most part, you'll get a job you'll bid the job out and see like, Hey, this is how much we think it costs. And then I would say within a matter of two days, you're running around with a full team of people shopping everything out in the city, going to prop shops, picking up greens, like bushes and stuff from this place. And you've got somebody navigating the trucks all around Los Angeles, picking up times at different places that close. And every prop shop has a different uh, process. So you've got to follow those. And then you've also got phone calls with the director and the artist and, 
it's a absolute whirlwind. Like if you don't move quickly and you're not like a self-starter, it is not the world for you. (laughs) I love it. So it just started with thank you next. And then you were in, then you were like, Nomad Cruise is the world for me. I don't even think that there was a chance to think that. Like, I don't, John Rishi was one of the most interesting people I've ever met because he's very charismatic and he's also really good at getting you to do things that you're afraid to do. So I didn't even really have a moment to stop and be like, okay, well maybe I would like to, you know, do clothing. It's just such a rush to do it. And like, also when you're in the trenches with people that you really, really enjoy hanging out with for that much time, it's really cool. I mean, it's almost like a drug. So it just, before I knew it, we were doing three or four jobs a week for almost two years. And I would still be doing it had the pandemic not happened. That's what's wild. So how did you, I guess you've been fulfilling that need by doing the dress design in the meantime. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we were working 18 to 22 hour days sometimes and most of the, most of the week. So to go from having that to like standing still was just like way too much for me. I was like, I cannot, yeah, it just not my vibe. So yeah, it just kind of organically happened. Like I had all this fabric. I was like, well, I guess I'll start making things. Oddly enough, I, I found a little, uh, mood board I had made for myself for 2020. And the only thing I didn't accomplish on there was to travel <laughs> naturally. Yeah. But one of them was to start my own channel. And, and, and I said, in whatever means that are in whatever guidelines that means to you. And I did that, which is crazy in the midst of a pandemic. And that just blew up Gunner. So crazy. And is that, how you met Cassie when you started up with Nomad mm-hmm. Crew? Yeah, I met, <gasps> I met Cassie on a Rosalia job, and then we just instantly clicked. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay, two things. Okay, so our beloved friend, Cassie Hunter, who is a very, very talented photographer. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm just so, so happy that she has a friend like you um, who can recognize her heart and her talent and her mind. She is a phenomenal human being and soul. Also, Rosalia Gunner. I had a spiritual experience <laughs> listening to her song. Which one? Um, oh my God. Okay. I'm going to have to pull it up on my phone because I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not being hyperbolic when I tell you I fell so madly in love with this song. I wrote an essay on it. You know, this that whole album was just her senior study in college. That's that what Cassie told me. Crazy. Oh my gosh. You know, that album, uh, let's see. Let me I know that the, and the song. <gasps> I I resisted for so long. I resisted for like three months translating the lyrics, like looking up the translation, because, you know, when you look up the translation and you find out what the words really mean, the whole meaning changes. Completely. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I listen to- Does it already mean something to you? Precisely. The sound, the rhythm, the chord progression, all of that has already touched you in such a way. You Mm -hmm. don't need to know what the words are saying. 
right? Like you already know the language. It's the totally. music is the language, right? Yeah. So I was a little disappointed in myself that I looked at the translation. And once I did, it did was it, a really it, hold up? Uh, it was sad. Mm. I mean, like true sadness type thing. You know, if you like Rosalia, um, my favorite album of this last year was by Seb Deliza, and her album is called Shebrang. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Okay, I am, and I'm way into her. Yeah, I this her I just it, it her album spoke to me in a way that an album hasn't in a long time. I just think it feels so personal and to her, but it feels so like vulnerable and honest and raw. Okay, her song, um, God, what is it? She does some French stuff. Uh, human. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Oh. If you like that, her song, um, oh my God, my song is playing. Um, I love her <laughs> song, Lamp Lady. Is it, You should listen to her album, Shebrang, all the way through. It's really, Ooh. really special. And actually, I'm writing that down. Actually, you don't even need to. I'm going to send you... She performs Please. this album live in a cathedral and it's on YouTube. And I'm going to send you the link and just put it on your TV as background music. And it's God. like, yeah, so we're going to have to be, we're going to have to be playlist buddies from now on. Absolutely. I'm in. Okay. I just found the song. It's, I think this is it. Let me test it. Oh God. This is it. Oh yeah. This song is beautiful. Okay. Yeah, that's, I love this song. Nos, I'm going to butcher it. Nos quedamos solitos. Uh-huh. Yeah. Featuring Raul Refri. Okay, so I had, I was getting ready. I'm a morning person, Gunner. I don't know if you are too, like 5 a.m. or earlier morning person. No, no ma'am. <laughs> okay, yes. This is my time, right? Like the world is quiet. I get everything done. I get up. I write. Everything is happening for me in the morning. I have the whole house to myself. I have the phone on shuffle. This song comes on. I am, I, I'm, I'm just having a date with this song. Like but you kind of have to though. Like whenever you find a song that just speaks on that level, it's like super important to follow it. Oh my god, yeah. And after that, I was like, uh, I'm in Rosalia. And then Cassie told me how incredible she was to work with, and that so she was sweet. just. You know, mm -hmm. uh, unbelievable. She really was, actually. Yeah. So uh, you were connected with Cassie through Nomad. Mm-hmm. And tell me a little bit about that. Oh, okay. Cool. Are we recording? Yeah. We've oh, been all right, girl. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know. I was just I'd chatting like I usually do. That's totally fine, though. Um, I live. I, I live. <laughs> I live my life like an open book. So that is fine. Um, so yeah, we started working on Rosalia. We did um, Connell Tura, which is actually not one of my favorite Rosalia songs because it feels like super poppy. I like her like very emotional kind of like draw you in fluid, almost religious experience style songs. Yeah. Um, and we were, God, that job was miserable though. Because just nothing was going right. Um, I think that that was also like right after starting to work, I had just been working with John not too long and I just had killed it with anything fabric that they put my way. And so there was like a 
I don't know, like a six to seven job window where fabric was the answer to everything because they were like, well, Gunner can just do it. So I was kind of coming up. <laughs> I wallpapered a mansion with cotton fabric multiple times. So it's like, I don't Whoa, even know. What does that even mean? I would tape out the whole wall with blue painter's tape and then create these intricate designs to help hold the fabric. And then I would carpet tape over that blue tape so we didn't mess up the wallpaper in these people's homes. And then Cassie and I would delicately stretch cotton fabric with cool prints on the walls and make it seamless so it looked like wallpaper. Like, but that, then we could just take it down at the end of the night without messing up the walls. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I, like I said, there was like a window where that was the answer to everything. So I got really good at it really quick. And Rosalia <laughs> was kind of the culmination of like working three to six jobs back to back and being exhausted. And then we were going to wallpaper with fabric, this entire airplane, like faux airplane set for Rosalia. And all of a sudden the skies opened up and it rained in Los Angeles for the first time in weeks. And so the humidity inside of this, we were in like a giant airplane hangar. Oh the, gosh. Nothing was sticking. <gasps> and, and, and it was just exhausting. And I was feeling so just let down with like my skills. And I was like, I'm going to fail. This is the first time I'm going to fail in like a really long time. And then Cassie showed up and we met and like, we just, we made it happen, Captain. And and I like it just that moment I was like, okay, cool. We're not gonna fail because I have a team and like, all of these people are on the same project together. And none of us want to see the other one fail. Mm. Um and honestly, truly, working with Nomad on music videos has shown me the importance of a team. Because everything I had done up to that point, I was doing by myself. I was in a studio sewing by myself, all of these other things. So when I'm on a job where you can't do everything and you don't want to do everything and you can pay your friends a really good wage to do what they're good at, I was like, yeah, this is what it's about. Wow. Nomad showed you the importance of teamwork. Yeah. I mean, it really just, yeah, it, it opened up that as a possibility, you know, because like it's hard to find people that are good at what they're do, what they do. And then it's also hard to find people that you like a lot that are also really good at what they do. Totally. And so that little, it's not even little, but that office and that like whole entire compound setup is just a creative vortex of people that roll in and out that are just incredibly talented. It's really, really unlike anything I've ever seen. It seems like it was just faded. Oh yeah, I'm a big believer. Very serendipitous. Um, I everything in my life has fallen into the place, into its right place. Everything in its right place. That Radiohead lyric is like very much so the story of my life. I think. Even in, yeah, even if it's not perfect, uh, it just I feel like everything has fallen in its right place in my life. Well, look, I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I don't. I'm try so hard not to believe in perfection, but you're a designer. So you know all about 90 degree angles and mm -hmm. creases and perfect folds and the way that things should look. Um, I think that that, it just sounds amazing the way that that happened. It really is synchronicity. Totally. Especially just the way that, 
you met Cassie, the way that you met Nomad, the way that you've been able to um, forge a career with them, the work that you've been all able to do together. You know what's really cool is even though like I'm not working with them, at, at least on a job right now, I mean, everything is so free-flowing. You never know. And obviously I love working with them, but uh, it's so special to like go hang out with them at nomad like the office Mm -hmm. and to be able to talk about like what i'm doing and in my new endeavors and like just to have people that are like so excited and supportive and like just down to help and like be they just want to hear everything like it's so cool like i don't i moved to los angeles knowing nobody really and in the, the last like almost three years, I've just developed like really great, like like lifelong friends that I just adore. And when it, like I said, everything in its right place. You said in a year, inside of a year? No, you in, in, in three years. So what was it like before them? Well, it was a pretty swift thing. I think uh, I, I only was out here for maybe six months. Um, I did one costuming job for an HBO series and it was the worst experience I've ever had in the professional field. Um, and working as a costumer under this costume designer that's done some things. Mm-hmm. Um, worst experience I've ever had. It showed me exactly how I never want to be as a leader. Uh, and I obviously wow. took a st- couple steps down just to be like a very bottom level assistant because I didn't know anyone I was like, okay, I'll do this. I met her on the set of 21 Pilots and I did it. And I was like, this is how you don't run a team. And I, it, it was very clear to me that I was like, this is, this is why this is in my path right now. This is what I don't want to do. And to this day, I catch myself having moments where I get frustrated and I'm like, that is what we not do. Like we need to take a second, <laughs> you know, cause like it's not constructive. Yes. If you're loyal and you're kind and you set your 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 workers and your friends up for success, they will always want to work for you. Always. You know, and I think also leaving some room for human error. Like we're all humans and just trying to like navigate life. And there's and just beyond that, Gunner, it is there is always the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. There is always like it's just and sometimes it is the hardest thing to remember, but we just don't know how far our actions really go. You don't know how somebody else's day is going either. You know, like I said, we're all on our own separate journeys and then we choose to kind of come together for like whatever moment of time and then separate again. So, you know, I just, I don't think it's good practice to be rude to anyone. I mean, obviously, like I said, we're human. It happens sometimes. I even catch myself like replying to comments that, rub me the wrong way super offensively. And I'm like, no, that's not who we are. Delete them. And I come back with something a little more constructive. So like I said, I'm learning, but. It's hard sometimes, man. It, you know, we're all on our own journey. We're all in our own bubble. And Mm -hmm. it's like, we don't know what other people are going through. They don't know what we're going through. You know, we're just all are in our own boat, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I want everybody to give each other a break. I mean, I would like to think that that would be a, something that would come out of the pandemic is, I mean, it's the only thing thus far in our life that we've had stopped everyone in their tracks. Do I think everyone's learned from it? No, but I do think some people have. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you don't think <laughs> everyone's learned from it. I know. I just, you know, the internet exposes all and you see a lot of everyone. <gasps> oh, God. I know. You know, it is freaky times, my friend. I'll say that. I, yeah. But look, you know what I have seen? Creatives exploding into their work. Mm-hmm. It's Such like to say the roaring 20s. You come after, yes. I mean, it, it feels, history repeats and like it feels like history is repeating right now. Oh my God. Yes. You're the second person who has said that to me within a week. I, I cannot remember who said this to me, but gosh. And it was another person who really um, uh, was, uh, how, how can I say this? Another person who had a big effect on me in a in a very positive way, Gunner, is what I'm meaning. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, but she said, when we come out of this, it's going to be like the Roaring Twenties again because all of these artists have been in captivity alone mm-hmm. and we're all going to come out again together and be able to work together again. And there's going to be so much collaboration like you've never seen. There is going to be, I'm getting chills right now. There is going to be so much collaboration. There's going to be so much teamwork. There is going to be so much art to come out of this. I agree. I, and I see it happening. Even with the, I guess I'm in a a more privy place to, to collaborate with people now, um, which I'm thankful for because I can, I think when I reach out to collaborate with people, they do take me a little more seriously, but I I just, it's cool to see how many people are like, yeah, let's do something. Let's just create. I think people are just so desperate for interaction. And if it can be creative on top of that, then even better. I think, yeah, well, there, now you have such a huge platform, Mm -hmm. you know, of course they're going to be open, but also, yeah, everyone's hungry for meaning. Everyone's hungry for connection, you know? Totally. Um, Yeah. I mean- I I am always interested in in a good collaboration. Um, it's it's exciting and and two, it's cool that like we've had a year to explore. Like, well, what does it look like just to do something digitally, if that's even a possibility, you know? But now it's like, okay, well, we're gonna be going back out into the world again. What is that? gonna look like realistically you know i mean it's nerve-wracking a little i've had i mean i'm a very anxiety prone individual just by nature so i've been having a little bit of like post-pandemic anxiety of like what is going back to real life gonna be and in a lot of ways i'm like i should not have that anxiety because real life for me what i'm doing right now and the way that i'm operating is the way i'm gonna be operating for a while you know i've managed to create a means of in, a means of income that I can support myself making my art, educating others, and just sharing what I'm inspired by. And so, like, I can do that anywhere in any way that I want. And, like, that's a gift that I'm so thankful for. I mean, that is so amazing. Like, you can just keep doing this. <laughs> it's amazing. You can just keep making these recreations, right? Mm -hmm, Totally. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I do make the recreations and then I'll have moments where I'm like, I'm not, I don't feel like an artist. I feel like a seamstress right now. 
So I'll have to, I break, I try to break them up with something creative and something that I'm inspired by that's original to me. And then, but people love to see a recreation. I will let you and your listeners and on a, my next thing as a secret, yes. um, I'm currently working on recreating like the big red and black dress from Titanic, which was mm. when I, I ran the, a poll on my Instagram and it got almost 20,000 people voted that they wanted to see it. So it's coming, okay. y'all. It just got a lot of pattern pieces. So hang on. Yeah. Oh, I cannot wait. And I wanted to tell you, I love the, um, I think it was the Seven Rings Ariana Grande video. The part kind of towards middle half and towards the end where she's in the like dollhouse looking part and she's oh. like on her hands and her knees. Okay. So that's actually seven rings, but they happened right back to back. But yeah, so I, I built the little, I built both little houses actually uh, us and Mike are one of our carpenters, Kyle. We spent a day just kind of coming up with that. And then, Obviously, John, who production designed it, and Theo, that art directed it, were helping me understand scale because scale is so particular. And especially because we, she was in a regular sized house, and then I was making like a smaller version and then an even smaller version of the house. It was cool. It was super, it's very in my wheelhouse, but it was cool to be able to work with the technology and then other people to help me figure out what to do with that too. It felt so. Uh, when she was in the tiny house, it felt mm. so uh, Michelle Gondry-esque, like so reminiscent. God. John Rishu, who I know will listen to this, is going to lose his mind when you say that because he would live and breathe to work for Michelle Gondry. That is, He's that, my favorite all time. Uh, it is because, John, you know, John's as well. <laughs> Michelle Gondry is so phenomenal because he refuses to use special effects. Mm-hmm. He will never use a special effect in his career. Everything he did on Eternal Sunshine Everything he did uh, with Kanye West videos, everything he does is a visual trick. His, uh, the first movie I ever saw that like caught me off guard and really like made me think was The Science of Sleep. Mm-hmm. I just oh, didn't, yes. I didn't understand what was happening, but I was very interested. Yeah, yeah. I was young. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's well, – who is that uh, actor? Gail, that's Gail so Garcia cool. Bernal. The most beautiful. That's also, I think, maybe when I knew I was gay. <laughs> oh, really? No, not wow. really, but I, I did love him. No, I think when I really knew I was gay was when I watched Lord of the Rings. I had such a thing for Legolas. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's going on? I'm sweating. I'm watching this blonde-haired man. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's my Hollywood husband, I think. Yeah, super, super attractive. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. But that's what I, that's the first thing I was like, oh, this is so obviously inspired by Michelle. Like, whether intentional or back of the mind, you know, like that's what I thought of. The whole thing is so cool. I think what's, when you work on a video that large, it's, it's just so many people coming together, like, and adding their touch to things which is very cool it's not a it's not like i did this and this is my project kind of thing it's such a collaborative feeling because it just it just takes a village to produce something like that and honestly to be able to production design that you you have to be able to 
be in so many places and do so many things at the same time. And John is so incredible at that because I I stress out doing it every time. And I think that he secretly loves to watch me stress out because like I said, I'm very type A and I'm also anxiety prone. So I'm like running around, like trying to not to panic out. And he's chill most of the time. I've only ever seen him freak out on one job. And I, I <laughs> was afraid in the moment and now I can laugh at it. Yeah. What does it feel like, Gunner, to work on something of that scale just on a regular basis? Like um, you lose a lot of weight because you're running around <laughs> constantly. Um, it's a very proud feeling, honestly, because I feel like you're making art and you're influencing culture, especially when you work with somebody that's that large. You're creating- uh, That grande. Like Grande or, or Justin Bieber, Halsey, you're creating. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Society, society's paying attention, you know, and and you're influencing what they're watching because they're naturally going to be influenced by these celebrities. So to be making art, I, it's kind of the definition of being a tastemaker, if you if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it feels good. It's a high. It really does. I mean, it. Especially when it's done and you've done a good job. Everyone's just kind of like, <laughs> I'm tired. It looked good though, right? You know? And then the next day, it's usually on to the next. Thank you, next. <laughs> Thank you, next. And it, it really is like an 18 to 24-hour job. Like just sometimes, straight up. Sometimes, yeah. I've, I have worked 26-hour days. And I mean, obviously, you get paid overtime and stuff. But yeah, it's never, it's never less than a 12-hour day unless it's a union job. And so what about like the mental health aspect? Like, are you, I mean, how does that, how do you handle it? I know when I talk to Cassie, I'm just like, oh my God, dude, like, how are you going to sleep? How are you going to function when you're at these jobs? Right. Um, it is so crucial. And this applies to anything in life, but it is so crucial to take time for your mental health and your physical health. Um. It, it's easy for us to work as as a machine and just to push and power through things. But at the end of the day, like we're living, breathing beings that require sleep and require time to kind of turn off. So it's easy to get swept up in everything, especially if you know you need the money or you like the high or the thrill of it. But I think just you have to pay attention to your body and, and you have to listen to like what it's telling you so that you can make sure that you can have more longevity in what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how you do it, but whatever works for you, it is working. Well, I do um, take naps and it does help. So <laughs> good, good. And then you're also a hairstylist. Is that right? Yeah. I'm not practicing at the moment, but I am a licensed hairstylist. I did hair for almost 11 years. Amazing. Yeah. So cool. I mean, I've, I, I'm thankful to not be doing it right now because I think it's it just requires a lot of time standing in one place. But there's something really unparalleled to being a hairstylist is in that you you just get to know people on such a personal and intimate level. Um, I have done hair f specifically for a few families, but I've done hair for their proms. I've done hair for their wedding. I did hair for their baby photos. Uh, I did hair for their parents' funeral. I mean, I, I just, you just get to know so much of, of people and their intricate lives. And yeah, it's a really special bond and I'm thankful that I have it. I think it helps me be a better communicator with people now. Uh, you also, 
learn when people need to talk. And I think that that's a really important trait to have in life is just to know when somebody needs to say something and when to listen. Mm, yeah. Everybody, when they get to that chair, they're ready to they're ready to dish. There's something about it. I mean, I've been that person too. Sometimes I just you just sit down in the chair and you, sometimes you just fall apart. Something comes out and you just you need it to come out. And this is obviously somebody that, especially if you are loyal to your hairstylist or you go there a lot, but you just there's they're a trusted person and it feels like a safe space. And I think that that's what I loved about being in the salon so much. Mm, oh yeah. I mean, you have a special connection with your hairstylist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you don't, you need a new one. You need to shop Totally, around. totally. So, Gunnar, I was looking through your collections, your designs, uh, and I was wondering if one wants a custom design, what does one do? Do they go on your website? So, <laughs> this is kind of a, a, a tricky answer. So the short answer is you can go to my website. There is a forum that you can submit your concept, your budget, some some photos of what you're interested in. And you get kind of put into a queue for when I start accepting custom orders. The thing is, is that there are currently a few thousand in the queue. Um, And the thing about that is that I am I would love to start doing more custom designs, but that is such an intricate process. I don't think people quite understand the back and forth of that. Uh, It takes a while. It really does. I mean, I can make things quickly, sure, but to get the fit correctly, to make sure that you like what I'm doing, to make sure you like the fabrics, like it's just a lot. So trying to continue content is being really hard. And if I'm being super honest, I'm really making the push to being able to educate people to make their own versions of my things via patterns and me helping them along the way versus me just selling versions of them. I will sell my samples because I don't need them forever, but I'm in the process of making patterns of a lot of them. So that's why I've not put everything up for sale as of yet. Yeah. I saw that you're going to have classes opening soon. Kind of. I've also kind of restructured that a little bit. Um, I am about to launch my Patreon, which is something that I'm really, really excited about because I'm working directly with Patreon to make sure that we get it right. So Patreon is going to kind of double as what I would call classes, and it's going to grow as my Patreon grows. So weekly, I'm going to add uh, basic how-to sewing videos down to like, here's what your machine does, and here's how you thread it, all the way up to like, Here's like this like really cool 18th century smocking technique. I'm going to do a lot of things. And then in a separate tier, there's going to be available where you can download the monthly free pattern. And it's a dress or a garment or whatever. It's going to be available in size 2 all the way up to a size true 30. And and I've been working with somebody. Her name is Katina. And she works uh, – it's called uh, Pattern Hack. She's incredible. She just – can 3D render every pattern and make sure it really fits on different body types and we can see how it's going to lay. So my goal is to get people sewing because I think it's a lost art and I think that there are a lot of people that want to learn. That's what I've realized. I'm one of them. Totally. So I'm going to have, instead of the instructions being like a paper instructions, they're going to be laid out on the Patreon or on my website if you decide to buy the pattern directly. And then there's also going to be a full video where you can watch me put the garment together and you can put it along with me. 
And then if you don't want to sew it, you can still watch it and it's probably going to be enjoyable and put you to sleep like ASMR. <laughs> you could just have it in the background. Totally. I do that all the time. Oh my. With your own videos? No. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine how pretentious? <laughs> that would be really bad. I would not. I would not. Agree. I would allow you to judge me. I would allow you to judge me. <laughs> Okay, Gunner, what is next? Oh, well, the Patreon is my big thing. Well, it's one of the bigger things. I just am so excited to be able to share that with everyone and like really allow them to kind of like take that journey with me. Um, but the biggest thing I'm working on is something that I'm I'm not going to share yet because I I don't want to jinx it, but Okay, okay. It could potentially put me in everyone's living rooms again. Mm. So I, I, and, and it would be in every way that I've always wanted to be and not some like, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to it. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, great. Like I said, everything in its right place, especially at the right time. So I, I feel good about it. I feel like my grandmother is upstairs, like pushing things my way and I feel good about that. Mm. So that is what's next for me is like some cool projects. But like I said, I'm always expanding, always growing and God, things change day to day. You never know. Oh, completely. Well, we have a very good hint and we will leave it at that. <laughs> that Connor, sounds good to me. <laughs> this has been so wonderful. Thank you for having me. Honestly, I needed to sit down and like take a breather. And this was a really fun way to do that. Mm, well, I'm so glad that I could be the precursor to helping you take a breath and have just a fun little conversation with me. I'm I'm so excited. I, I got to learn so much more about you tonight. And big thanks to our mutual friend, Cassie Hunter, for bringing us together. Um, this has been another episode of Remarkable Voices. We are produced locally in Austin, Texas by myself and our editor, Patrick Flanagan. If you would like to be a guest, you can inquire on Instagram, Remarkable Voices underscore podcast. This has been another episode of Remarkable Voices. Thank you so much for joining us.